for, like I said, the question that's being asked is like, what can people do? Um, voting. Voting is definitely a topic of discussion and moving in, in, in that direction. Um, I know one of the concerns that's been brought up is not just the presidential election, but you know, people need to be concerned with the local representatives as well. So Let me tell you this. Everybody, his mom, his grandma, his aunts and uncle, his children, if you got any old enough, your neighbor, your co-worker, your, the people that go to school with you, everybody you know, you should get them to register to vote. Because voting to African Americans is just like water is to a camel. You can't live without it. We will not have righteous existence if we don't take what God gave us from the 60s or from our ancestors, and that's the ability to vote. Here's the reason that we have so much trouble, but listen to this, when you, everybody should vote. And right here in North Carolina, there's going to be an advantage this year because we have a democratic governor. And because we have a democratic governor, we don't have to worry about having a lot of pushback on voter oppression, on voter suppression. We won't have that this year. We had it when the, the Republicans was in charge. But we have a Democratic governor now, so we don't have to worry about that. But we just need to get the people out to the poll. They gotta vote. I mean, vote everybody you know. Drag them to the polls if you can. That's number one. We gotta get everybody registered and everybody to vote. Everybody got to vote. If you're old enough to vote, if you turn 18 by October the 5th, you're supposed to vote. As long as you vote, uh, you turn 18 25 days before the election, you can vote. If you turn 18 by October the 5th or the 10th or whatever, you can vote. Just go ahead and register. Uh, along with that is we trying to get everybody in the state, in the country, in, in the world to go ahead right now and order and apply for your absentee ballot. Because the state of North Carolina is a uh, state where you can get an absentee ballot without an excuse. In other states, you have to give an excuse from a doctor later. You don't need to do that in the state of North Carolina. All you have to do is apply for an absentee ballot. You get one per you sign it. You don't want to have to sign it. Uh, you can get a notary to sign it. Because before it had to have two people. Now it only has to have one. And we need to do that in the next two or three weeks or they're going to try to change that. Not the state, but the federal government. You see him working on that. He's doing that. So we're trying to get everybody that can to go ahead and apply for your absentee ballot right now. Apply for it now so you can get it. Because it's going to take the states months to get prepared to take in all of those absentee ballots. Right. Then we're asking everybody, if you're old enough to vote, go and join your precinct. Everybody's in a precinct. No matter where you live, wherever you vote, that's your precinct. Call downtown, ask them what is the number to your precinct. That's, not, I ain't talking about the number where you go vote. I'm talking about the number where you can call the headquarters. And ask them, can you work the polls during the election? You want to work inside. And we want you to work inside because we want you to see exactly what's going on. And let them know not only do you want to work during the poll, you want to work during the county. Because they count after the election, remember that. You want to be there, and you definitely want to be in the county on the absentee ballots because they don't count them to 10 days after the election. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, they have to make sure they got them all in, everything's checked out, blah, blah, blah. So you want to be a part of that. 
And the reason why I know that's more important than the other one is because I was in on the county. And the law says that your ballot has to be in and has to be stamped by the post office by a certain deadline. One of the things I saw is that these white people who was counting the ballots, it's all right to count a ballot if it's a bad date, all right? But they were looking at the stamps, and that's what they go by, because they have to be stamped. Well, sometimes, not the actual stamp, but the postal stamp that said it's been stamped on this day, which is the deadline. But sometimes if you look at your mail, they stamp it, it's smudged. You can't tell what the date is. You can't tell what it is. Instead of giving the voter the benefit of the doubt, which you should, they would throw them in the trash. That's wrong. So we need people there to watch them to make sure that they don't throw away what could be a really good ballot. That's number one, two, and three. We got to make sure we got people at the polls, people voting, and people working the polls. But then we need extra men and women to be at the polls. Because as I was told you about the people that they're hanging, they also, white supremacists, they also said they're going to attack the polls and try to keep people from voting. So we need as many young men or tough men and women to be the polls, to be poll watchers, to make sure nobody comes up there to disturb the voting. And when I was in Charlotte just a few years ago, we had to have a whole lot of men at the polls because they take away the vote to keep some of us from voting. You will have a war right there at the polls. So we're trying to get people to do that. But then we, in your church, where you go to church, when your church, we're trying to get the pastors and the churches to get involved in making sure that their members get registered, their members go to the polls, and members of the church get involved in working at the polls and being available on those days. We need everybody we can. And I will say, um, you need to vet these candidates. You know, it's, it speaks volumes to say, let's go vote. Who are you voting for? Um, we know, I, I saw it, and, and I've tried my best not to be a part of that where you only show up to, to the churches or the communities when it's time to vote. You only want to be connected to the people when you're trying to get their vote. And then for three three years and 11 months, they don't see you, you know, until it's time to vote again. And so, you know, I've, I've done my best to be still as grounded as I can be. You know, prior to coronavirus, I would just pop up in the church. And, and I wasn't just popping up to, to get recognition for being there. I, I wanted to still go. And, and, I mean, when I ran for school board, that was something I started. And I, I stopped being a regular member of one specific church after that because I saw a lot of great churches in our area. And I just started, you know, going after the word. Not necessarily going, you know, saying, hey, I'm a member here or whatever. But going to get the word but then having the connection with people. But it, it means a lot when a person can say, you know, well before it was election time, he was he regularly attended our church. He regularly visited our church. And so you have to have that connection and not just church, but out in the community. You know, people can, you know, they see me in Walmart, they see me in Target, they see me in the mall or, you know, everywhere. Anywhere a person can anywhere I can be spotted, I'm spotted and I'm having the conversation. And I think that matters. And also, you know, what is the candidate saying? Um, what are your intentions? And, and then following through with the intentions. I think that everything that I talked about prior to being a city council member, um, I've tried to do. 
Um, we still have some huge things coming up. We talked about economics, we talked about jobs, we talked about housing. But you look at how I voted and the, the stance and the things that I'm still talking about um, on social media and, and any time that I have a platform to talk about things, um, I think that's what makes the difference. We see a lot of, we see a candidate and we, we see a name. A lot of it is name recognition. And, and for some people, they look at it. I think to see me be elected, a lot of people thought that it was easy. Oh, okay, well, he's a local guy that he could, he can just come through and, and be elected. And if he can do it, anybody can. And I, I don't think that's true. I put in a lot of work. I am a hometown person. I was like wildly popular before being a city councilman, but now that's, you know, that number has increased exponentially because it's like everybody knows who I am. And everybody is seeing what I'm saying and they want to be a part of that. And I think, you know, if your stance to your voters, potential voters, or, or even to people that you're going to make angry because I've done that in the last few days where we voted to take, take the statue down. So there's some people upset about that. And I can't apologize for that because that's not the Wilmington that I want to see. The Wilmington that I want to see does not have racist statues in the middle of the streets. And so, you know, but to, I can still have the conversation with those people. And if I lose a few votes because of that, so be it. I still want to be able to stand on what I, what I stand on, what's my foundation, and I can still hold my head high as I walk around town. So I think that's what we need to look at from a person, not a, a person telling us the things that we want to hear. And then they get in office and they shrink. Yeah. Kind of piggybacking off that a little bit, um, a lot of individuals who have just been, you know, focused on presidential elections and not local, um, what would be the best way for them to find out about the local representatives? Well, the uh, North Carolina, it's called uh, Democracy North Carolina. And a few other organizations uh, called, y'all know I'm getting older. <laughs> but Democracy in North Carolina, the NAACP, they will be putting out information. They put out uh, pre-election ballots as well as they put out information about all the candidates in the state and let you know what their positions are. And that's very important when you start putting those out. And, and we should be looking for that. We should be, if we're, wherever we live, you should try to contact our local NAACP. Uh, really, you should be contacting your local church because North Carolina, Democracy North Carolina and the NAACP and Blueprint, that's what it is. They, they, they send this information to your churches if they know about your church. And what they do is they send the information and ask the churches to share it with their congregation. And what they're supposed to do, that information tells you who is Kevin Spirit. Who is this skinny little boy and woman? <laughs> is there anything that he, he can do or will do? You know, they tell you everything that you need to know. Skinny man, Reverend. Let's get it. Skinny man. All right, kid. Skinny man. But anyway, um, that's very important. And that's where the churches can play a more uh, important role is because they need to receive the information. Make sure that instrument, your worship service is no more important than making sure that your people can live in this community at home. Because they don't live in the building. They live at home. They live on their jobs. They live with their friends. So they got to be in a society that is going to be 
structured for the way they need to live and be equal and just and so they can live to the fullest but they have to know how to develop that society and the only way they can do that is by putting people in offices to make sure that there's a society there's a government there are laws that will help embrace and uplift everybody so the churches need to take part in making sure that their members know and understand about these organizations and who is out there and give it to your churches and they do a lot of them do the churches give them to the people NAACP, we to make sure they do, because we have them out ourselves, but it's to make sure that the people know. Then the other thing is we have to keep up with what the government is doing. One of the things that, we, another uh, bonus we have this year is in North Carolina, we may probably have, if we don't already have it, we're going to have four extra weeks of early voting. And that's because we have a democratic government. But can you imagine, if we're going to have four extra weeks, uh, four weeks of extra uh, early voting, everybody needs to vote early while you can. That makes sure that on voting day, there's less people that need to vote. Less people at the polls, so people won't be in line long, all day, all night. When we have early voting, the churches need to make sure that all their members are going to early vote. Uh, social clubs, this development, whatever, wherever you are, everybody needs to make We're going to early vote and get it done. You see what I'm saying? That needs to be done. That will save a whole lot of that stuff that happened in Georgia where they went down there to vote and they had lines for five and six hours. You don't need that. That's one of the ways they're going to try to suppress. They're going to try to close down polls in certain cities. And you close the more polls you close down, the longer people got to wait in line. Also, the more polls you close down, the more people will be deterred and don't want to vote because they don't want to go somewhere else. So we have to be, you know, vigilant and involved and engaged to make sure these things are not happening. And if they're not happening, we are part of the remedy right. and not the problem. So we got to pay it. We got to carry the news and give it to everybody. We got to let everybody. And we got to go looking. We, you know, we got to go asking, what's going on with voting this year? What's going on? Who's going to be doing this? Because if there's a ride to the polls, we got to make sure everybody in our neighborhood know how they can get a ride to the polls. You see what I'm saying? If there's uh, people going to be able to come out and take your ballot, you got to know that. And we got to know where all of these things are going on to make sure that they're done properly, they're done expeditiously, and that our people get them done in a very uh, timely manner. So that's good. So, um, you know, you talk to, talk to some individuals, you hear, you hear people saying, well, I don't like any of the candidates, even especially the presidential. So no vote is a vote. Let so what, you, what do you tell those people who say, I don't like any other candidates? Well, first of all, they may not like them, but this is why we have to have information about them. Because you might not like them, but some are very necessary. Like in this coming up election, we have to make sure that these federal judges, these district judges, such as uh, Judge Sherry Beasley, she was just appointed last year, and she's got to run this year. She's ahead of the district uh, federal court. We need her in there because there's a lot of things that's going to court that's coming from us, from the community that deals with laws that oppress us. So we need somebody that's going to be there that's going to have some kind of understanding. So we got to make sure everybody vote all the way down the ticket. Don't just vote for the president. Vote for your state representative. Vote for your state people. Vote for your county people and your city people if you have to, but definitely your county people. So you got to vote for everybody. Don't go to the poll and just say, well, I'm going for the president. I'm just going to go. I don't know nobody. Learn. We need to be asking questions. We need to be getting information. Watch TV. Watch the news. Call the NAACP. 
Call whatever organization is out, out there. If you know SCLC, call them. Call North Carolina, uh, Democracy in North Carolina. There are a lot of organizations called uh, uh, Black Lives Matter. If you don't call Black Lives Matter, you can call the North Carolina Black Political Caucus, whoever. But anybody who works in the community, they should know who are the people are running. They have a history of the people and know what they've got to offer. And we call those people whoever you are. There should be nobody in the city that don't know who's running in their community or in their state and doesn't have a little bit of understanding about that person. And if you do, there's somebody you can ask. And we got to be vigilant and start asking. And we also got to be vigilant and start spreading the word. Did you want to add something? No, I, I, I mean, I agree. Um, there, there are a lot of voter registration organizations now. You know, it's grown beyond the traditional organization. There are organizations coming from everywhere. And I think, you know, we do, we need to be involved. We need to be a, a part of those organizations, not just in positions of volunteers. We need to be at the heads of these organizations. We need to be entrenched in these organizations. And that way we dictate what information is given to our people. A lot of times during during these elections and election season, uh, our, our neighborhoods are run down by white folks, saying that they're our allies and, and who they want us to vote for and why. But, but when we vote for these people without vetting them on our own or having the discussions amongst ourselves, um, it's still we're being whitewashed because we don't know the, the true agenda. We're taking it from you. You coming down saying, hey, hey, today I'm in Creekwood because I... I want you to give you some information about this person. Are you registered to vote? It's, it's vital. And hey, we're going to have a little get together with some um, chicken and watermelon and sweet tea and potato salad and come on out and get and, and register to vote. I mean, that's true. We see that. Come to you know I'm not lying. Hey, we, we got to. I thought you were talking about cows. <laughs> we, got, we got a fish fry for you and we want you to come out and register to vote. People coming out to get their hot fish, yeah. and potato salad, and, and cool drinks. That's right. You know, and so okay, I'll jot my name down. I'm still not gonna go back and vote. I still don't know who you want right. me to vote for. Right. You know, I it's for years when we, my organizations have held something in the community. We stop offering to give away stuff. You either coming to get the substance or don't come. But we're not bribing you to get here. And I, I understand it's important. It's important for you to be here. But if you show up and you're not there to get the message, you're still not there. You're still not there. You're not going to be able to go into the voter booth and do what you need to do. And then what happens is you tire out a person like me or like a Kojo or like a Deborah Maxwell or Vance Williams or Sonia Patrick, you, 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 the, the people in the know you tire those people out because you haven't done your, your part. This, this is a relationship. This is a, is a deal. I do something, you have to do your end. You can't be lazy about what you're supposed to do, and then you get in the booth, and then you FaceTiming me saying, uh, Kevin, who do I need to vote for? Oh. Let me turn my ballot around. The person you said is on this ballot and not on this ballot. You know what I mean? And we had to be intentional about my Facebook page, you know, because other things I do, people call me Kevin Cone, you know, that's my nickname. 
and you, they were like, well, I think you need to change your name because you don't want people inside the ballot booth looking for Kevin Kong on the ballot. And I was like, man, you got to give the people more credit, more credit than that. <laughs> but then again, let me just change my name and just go ahead and say, you know, because I did. I had some people who were like, but we didn't see your name on the ballot. I said, well, is it alphabetical order? Go sit down to the edge. Right. Like, you know, so it's, it's those things, and it's a lot more to it than just voting. You know, you want to know. You want to be informed. And so, like Reverend said, um, political organizations, but the media plays a big part. When you're a candidate and it's election time, man, you get a million surveys, interviews, questionnaires, you get all that stuff. And it's to your benefit to fill all of that stuff out. And so, I mean, and there are deadlines. You get them in here, you get them there. But, I mean, when those voter guys came out and... I know Miss Maxwell, she had plenty, and I was like, I just, I, I need my one with, with me in it for one. Then, then I'm gonna need a stack, but I just need one for, you know, a memento first. But, you know, there's a lot of information in there, and the person who takes the time to fill all of those things out is taking the job seriously. Right. Now, um, when picking representatives, what questions should someone be asking themselves when trying to choose, especially for the individual who are questioning each candidate? What kind of questions can they answer to kind of see what direction they should be going in? you got to ask the question that relates to you and your situation. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't generalize. All of, we are all black in this room, but I'm sure all of us don't have the same particular situations. You know, some of us know how to navigate better than others. Some of us may think we're fine. Some of us may think we don't have enough just yet. So th those are the questions that you have to ask. And, and like I said earlier, you know, I got a two-year-old daughter. I got a 20-year-old son. I got a grandbaby on the way. So, and I'm trying to look out for me. So the questions that I'm asking my candidate is everything that takes care of the lives of everybody that's around me. And that's, and that's how I think we need to look at questioning what a person's intent is as it relates to being involved in government. First thing you want to ask a person what is your platform? Because that's supposed to be what they want. They want to do what they say they want to do. And because if you tell them what they want, they're going to go ahead and say, well, yeah, I'm going to do that too. Mm -hmm. Find out what their platform is. Say, what is your platform this year? What do you want to, what do? You want to do? Let them tell you. Platform changes, though. No, they might change, but if they don't include something that you know, then you have a more legitimate question when you ask. Because you can always tell them and give them something that they say they want to do. But if they already know in that platform what their whole uh, campaign is geared towards, because that is what their focus is on, that doesn't mean they won't change their focus, because they can't change their platform. They can change their focus. But their main focus is going to be what their platform is about. And if their main focus is not about the things that you're concerned about, then you definitely want to know that. You don't want to just let them know what you want first. And I'm not saying that to contradict him. I'm saying that you want them to be able to tell you without you giving them a hint of what it is you're concerned about. But once you find out what it is that they're going to do, then you can inquire with them why you're not going to be working on this. Are you going to be working on this? And if not, why? Well, I say whatever platform God blesses you with, you have to use it for me. Personally, I use it for the, for the people as a servant. As I said, 
I use for the, in terms of my ministry, whatever I can do to help my community, whatever I can do to help people in the community, I think that's what the temple is for. That's why I set up the temple, because I feel that's what the Almighty God has set me apart for, to not only help the direct people to be disciples, but also to help people in their dilemma as a human being to do whatever is needed. And so you make yourself available, and you pray for strength, you pray for wisdom and understanding, but you also reach out and try to find connectivity with various organizations, agencies, and people. You try to make sure you know that somebody in your congregation, and then you use your platform. And once you learn all these things so you can help people, you also stay abreast of what is going on in terms of contemporary news and what's going on in your community. Even though a lot of things you can't do or get involved with, like Kevin says, because you're willing to out, but you still want to know. And you can use your platform to stand up and fight for people. You don't have to fight for God. I ain't got to fight for God. God got his plan already made. I am a shepherd to try to bring people to the to discipleship. But I have to use that platform, the platform as a minister, to fight for justice and equality for all people, to fight for children, to have a better way in school, to have a better life at home so they can get the food they need and the kind of house they need to live in, to use the platform to just bring about all forms of justice and equality throughout the community, no matter who it applies to. You know, black or white, children in school, single mothers, gay mothers, whoever. When people need help, we should try to avail that if we have the ability or we have the, the full program to do that by touching with other people. So you use your platform. If you have a platform, you're supposed to use it for the uplift of all mankind. Not, you know, most preachers say that their job is to uh, bring people to Christ or to you know, spread the word of the gospel. But Jesus did more than spread the word of the gospel. He fed people. He healed people. He made people understand that you, know, that you need to help people. You need to feed people. You need to do things more than what you're doing. He was a carpenter, but he did more than just build and make stuff with wood. He did stuff with his wisdom, with his spirit, with his love, his compassion, and with his relationship with God. So we have to be very versatile. Not only do we be versatile, we try to make sure that we are a multifaceted person. Because there are many things for you to do once you get in this business. And when I'm talking about business, the business of community, the business of people, there are all kinds of things that people are going to need and ask for you to do. You should try as best you can. Best upon the way God has prepared you to do all you can in the way that you can to be of service. Um, and I don't necessarily just mean like your platform. Mm -hmm. um, for people who are watching, who are listening, um, say for example, um, one of my friends on my timeline is in the medical field. Right. Um, we definitely know there are injustices there. Using that platform as far as like healthcare issues, things like that. So not just necessarily your platform for say we know we know what you guys are using your platform right. for, but what for those who 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 really don't know, like they don't know that they can actually speak out from from their platform. Really? Like like for instance, like what I'm doing here with Path. So is there anything that you can give the audience, like yeah. or from from their standpoint, from speaking out from their platforms that they may be in? I feel that if God's bless you to put you in a place where that you are like a conduit or you receive, understand, and are equipped with the ability to take information, utilize it properly, 
and then disseminate it to others. You should allow yourself to become of service, at least try to inform those that you can of what you know. And when I say about what you know, a lot of people know stuff and they don't want to share. They don't want to talk. A lot of people see stuff and they don't want to reveal it. If you know there's injustice going on, you need to bring it up. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you know that if you work at the hospital and you know the hospital is discriminating against certain kind of people in a certain kind of way, you need to find an avenue or a venue where you can tell somebody. Right. Let somebody know. I don't care if you work at Walmart uh, some other store. If you know that the company or the corporation is not treating people properly, even if it's just in that store, you need to be able to speak up against that and say that because whatever you let go is only going to become oppression to another person. It's only going to become a problem to another person or another generation. I was saying what Marcus Garvey said about each generation is endowed with me. How often do we overlook or refuse to do something about something we know that we can change? We can't change the world, but you can try to change what you can out of You should never, ever stay silent. And that's whenever you don't do and that's one of the problems in Wilmington right now with people killing people in the country because brothers and sisters are scared they don't want to snitch. But every time you know somebody killed somebody and you don't tell nobody or they hurt somebody, that means you, you just allow them the ability to go and kill somebody else. Right. Now the blood is on your hand, and I had to preach about that in shock. But the only thing I'm saying is we have a responsibility to society. You can't do nothing for God. You understand? You can't feed him, you can't clothe him, you can't help him if he's sick because he don't get sick. So he made sure that you can help the rest of the world, help people that can't help themselves. And we are supposed to be able to stand up and speak out against those things that are within our purview and in our ability to change. Did you want to add anything to that? Most definitely. A lot of times what I say, um, people think me this, that, and the third, or whatever, you know, I say I'm just the best, you know, because, like Kojo said, there is a message out there. Or you do have some insight to some things that, that's going to benefit somebody else. Um, I just say when you're attempting to use your platform, or you decide to use your platform, be as truthful in that delivery of that information as you can be. We, we understand that we're in a world right now where people don't do a lot of fact-checking and people will um, develop their own <laughs> side of a story or, or something or, you know, they may have not even been there. So I think you have to be intentional in your delivery of whatever the message is, you know. That way someone, in, you know, people will, then they can fight in you. You know, that, that's what leads to you being tired because people trust you. It's a, it's a trust thing. And so I think just when, when you do have a platform or you activate that platform, be as truthful as you can be. I think that's what's wrong with society and a lot of the messages that we get. People want to see you when, you when you do activate that thing. They want to be able to say, okay, they said this today. I saw them doing this. I see them doing this every time I see them. This is an accountable person. It's a real thing, you know. I think we we're not seeing a lot of that, you know, especially with social media. We see so much of this. Somebody said this, and this happened, and that happened, and then, you know, people they disseminate it without fact checking. 
and, and then you're misleading folks. That's key for anybody that's going to decide to um, to deliver a message, any message. Be as truthful as you can. And, you know, we, we see these videos where people are saying, share this, share this, share this. They send it to your, your inbox. Oh, this just happened today. Make it go viral. This happened. You sent this to me three years ago saying share this. So you know it's not true. But why are you sending it? And, you know, it's, it's aggravating. But, you know, I, I think that's the best thing that we can do. Once you decide to use your platform, be as truthful as you can. And I think a lot of it and um, has a lot to do with just having a conversation, simple conversation, just taking the time to maybe step out of your comfort zone right. and just talk to your next door neighbor. Talk to the person that's working mm -hmm. in the room with you. Because right, the job that I'm at now, I think this is the first time I've been at a job where this is the most diverse job I've ever had. I, I actually felt like the foreigner. Because everyone around me was from different countries. Mm -hmm. And the more we started talking, I know I told one of the ladies I worked with, I was like, I noticed that it's the same kind of people. We're just in different locations. Right. You just have a different culture. But when right. you start talking, right. it's the same. same. You have the same exact people. Same Even when it came down to music, it was, um, you know, people, people refer to hip-hop. You know, everything yeah. is negative. But when I started listening to country and... And other, I was like, well, they're talking about yeah, the same thing. They just yeah. go a different, yeah. Beat, yeah, different beat, you know. Right. But and I think it's, it's something that's just as small as that. Just right. taking the time and just talk to them. You, you, right. you people in different ways, and I've done it. We've all done it, oh, yeah. you know. But if you just take the time to just have that conversation, and then you, you never know, you might end up with a friend right we there. Speak. But just, just remember this: all of us, we are not citizens of one country. We're not citizens of the United States. We're citizens of the world. I don't care where you are. So it is your responsibility, and you have the opportunity to meet, to interact with, to get to know anybody that you want to, but then to get to know about anything about where they came from. So you study world cultures, you study people, you get to know people, and that helps expand your vision, your understanding about them. Then you can also discuss this with other folks who may not have an understanding. Right. It's like you're saying, but it helps you know the world, and it helps you know that people have suffered the same thing everywhere. Just like people have worshipped the same thing in different places and didn't even know it, you know. So it's good to know about other people where they come from. And if you realize that every people are good, every people have their hang-ups, they have their little picadillos, they have their little, uh, little negative things that they have for different people and stuff, like they have their little prejudices, that's what I want to say. And they have those, but that's what everybody, because every society has learned something negative about somebody else. But you don't have to perpetuate that. Right. You know. Right. What you have to do, what you should do, is make sure that you make them understand that who I represent, we're just as good as you and we're better. We're the best. We're no better than you, but we're just as good as you, and this is what we do. And not try to condemn or condescend or condemn or make them feel any worse. We're going to wrap things up. I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to come sit down and talk with me and along with Path. Um, just some of the highlights for the social injustice, the what can we do question, vote. Get out there and vote. Um, not just your presidential election, your local representatives. Um, use your platform. Speak out. Um, anything anyone else want to add? And here's something. That judge, that judge you got in front of that didn't hear you out, you know, that hit you with that fine or whatever, they, they, they're voted on. 
This is these are the things you know that DA that that told you to sit down or made you feel a certain way in court. They voted on. You know these are the things that you you need to pay attention to. You, we put people in position, and so when people get in position and don't fulfill the job or you know live up to the expectations of us, it's our job to remove them and hold them accountable. Definitely, yeah, hold them accountable. Here at the Temple of Truth, uh, like we try to keep things spiritual. So one of the things we do, we teach people how to greet each other. And one of the things we say, the people we meet, we always try to greet people by saying namaste. Namaste is an East African and Indian word that means I salute the divinity in you. In other words, I recognize there's a God in you. I don't care how crazy you are, how stupid you are, how nasty you are. I salute the God in you. And the response should be namaste. But even if that person can't respond, at least you said I recognize that you are God's child. I recognize that you are the, a product of the most holy. They don't have to understand or know. And if they ask you what that means, then you tell them and watch how they change. Wow. And just say namaste. namaste. Yeah. Um, well, is there any contact information that you want to give the audience if anyone is looking to maybe attend, come visit the Temple of Church and Life? The Temple of Truth is at 2166. Kent Street, Wilmington, North Carolina. We have church every Sunday at 10.30 in the morning. We have Bible study at 6.30 every, every Sunday morning. I meant 10.30 every Sunday morning, not every morning. Oh, 10.30 every Sunday morning. <laughs> and we have Bible study at 10.30 every uh, Wednesday night. I'm going to give you a number. Can I give them a number? You can. Where they can get online and join us on Zoom. You turn your phone on. I know. I know. The woman told me to do that, so I had to do it. Well, women tell you to do it, you better do it. <laughs> well, actually, we can put that. The information okay. would be, um, you'll be able to visit okay. Pat's webpage at www.positiveattitudesthinkinghigher.org. Um, the video will be able to be viewed, and we'll also have the information. Did Good. you want to give out any contact information? Not necessarily personal, <laughs> personal but if anybody wants to follow, like, the issues, no following, following <laughs> anything, any projects you're putting together, um, is there... You can find me at the city of Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, also on social media, Kevin Spears, um, Instagram, Martin Luther Cone, Junior <laughs> underscore. Um, you know, that's that's me. That's where I am. I'm not hard to find. Um, but you don't want to be found. <laughs> <laughs> not really. <laughs> not really. Not hard to find, but I don't really want to be found. And Path is also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, that is Positive Attitudes Thinking Higher on Facebook and on Instagram is Path01. So we do thank everyone for viewing. As always, we look forward to more conversation and more awareness. Until next time.
positive attitudes thinking higher you can do anything you desire wanna change my life need a new start focus on my goals following my heart never dwelling on negativity being positive is what i claim for me better attitude brighter future know where i'm going finally know my worth always working hard strive to be the best that's the path you take when you want success positive attitudes thinking higher you can do anything you desire Positive attitudes thinking higher You can do anything you desire